0: Check out heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. That's when it got wheels off We started up and we ain't gonna stop Oh, I said like you like it not That's when it got wheels off Dwayne Betts is cool, All right? There's no two ways about it. I mean, he's rock and roll royalty. He has jammed with the greatest musicians in the world. He's a hotshot guitarist. He looks like some cool badass star of like a Western movie. He has like a real sly kind of laid back quality about him that makes him seem like he could be, I don't know, movie star, pro athlete. (laughs) He's just cool. So I really enjoyed getting to talk to him because, in doing so, I discovered that even people that seem like they've got everything perfectly hooked up from the outside people that look as cool as hell, people that come from the perfect pedigree, rock and roll lineage, they still deal with tricky emotional terrain. Dwayne's got that. He's got a depth about him, and he's got a sweetness about him. And yeah, he is cool, but he's not cool in the sense that he's... I see. Far from it. He's got a great deal of warmth about him. And I think it comes through in the conversation that we have. Um, he's got a new record out with the Almond Betts Band. It's great. Uh, since we spoke, I've dug into it. It's awesome. I mean, he's the real deal. And so it was really... Um, beneficial for me, honestly, to get to hear how he navigates that tricky emotional terrain and to hear his thoughts on dealing with the world's current situation, we as artists, and uh, I don't know, just kind of living in the moment. Anyway, I hope you really enjoy as much as I did having this conversation i hope you really enjoy listening to this conversation so please welcome to wheels off dwayne betts how do y'all welcome to wheels off we welcome as our guest today dwayne betts how are you man i'm really good thanks for having me oh that's so cool um so tell me, uh, what creative project are you working on right now, and uh, how does it light you up?
2: Um, well, I'm in a band called the Almond Betts Band with mm-hmm. uh, Devin Almond, who's Greg's son, for those of you that don't know. Um, but we just released our second uh, record called Bless Your Heart. Uh, recorded it down at uh, Muscle Shoals Sound Studio uh, with uh, Matt Ross Spang produced. Uh, from Memphis, who's great, he's really a sweet, sweet guy, and just a blast to work with, Um, and yeah, that came out like a week and a half ago, so we're just, you know, we're just excited, and uh, looking forward to playing the tunes live again, you know, when we can get out there safely, and and, um, yeah, I mean, the writing process was really fun for it, it was kind of on the road in the dressing rooms and just kind of compiled some stuff and you know ended up with with what we ended up with you know. So you guys wrapped it like right before the pandemic hit I'm guessing? Yeah we went in uh let's see I think we went in in late in uh in December I think in in mid-December we recorded and we were we were only there for about a week I mean we basically recorded Live, like we did our first record, kind of yeah. the same approach, um, just kind of capturing performances you know um, in the room kind of thing and and it you know it worked it worked the first time, so we kind of took that same approach the second time
1: It seems so, like with with y'all's kind of band, I mean it's all about the live thing, right like it's so performance based
2: um yeah, and it's a big band too, so we're not really producing the record like i'm not going in and doing like three different guitar parts you know if it was just me i'd like to do that and i I enjoy doing that (laughs) i'd like to get better at it actually i know people that are geniuses at it but um with this band we kind of kind of just bring the magic in there and hopefully capture that you know that lightning in the bottle you know with a live performance in the room and it's it's difficult for me. I have a lot of trepidation about walking into a studio and pressing record and having headphones on and seeing like half of the drum kit and then expecting to get live takes on. You know, there's a song on the record called Savannah's Dream." It's an instrumental that that I wrote. That I think it clocks in just over twelve minutes, <laughs> and that performance is completely live. You know, I didn't overdub any guitar. You know, my solo is probably two and a half minutes long or roughly. But it's really cool to, to say, yeah, well, maybe I could do that better or maybe I'll do it in, in six months when we're playing on stage. Maybe it'll get to another point. But that was live and that was like the fourth take. You know, there's something really amazing about that, as you know, you know, but...
1: Well, yeah, right. Because uh, we live in a world where people can build perfection, you know, using Pro Tools or whatever. Yeah. And to be, I, but I do think that when you do that, and I we, think went, you,
2: we went straight to two-inch tape as well. I didn't say that. Oh either. my god! But yeah, we did both of these records to tape, and it it has that sound. And Matt is Matt. I don't know if you know him, or if you're familiar with his work. He engineered the Jason Isabel stuff, and he produced Margo Price, and he worked on the Elvis Presley uh project recently so he's he's amazing but um he's kind of the guy for that and Devin knew him from um from memphis and uh had the idea to call him and i just i i was elated you know i was like yeah let's do that so
1: oh my god and do you think it's funny we just made a our second record with vance powell and i do believe that like the second time you work with somebody you can take it to the next level because you kind of all figured out all the ground rules is that the kind of thing where you think you might wind up going back to the well? Was it that good of an experience? Um,
2: I think, well, I mean, you, know. <laughs> you want to stay with what works, but you also don't want to get stale, you know? Yeah. So I feel like we did that twice. I mean, time will tell, uh, but I, I don't I don't know. We'll probably go to a different studio, I would say. I don't think we'll do the next one. But, um, but yeah, when you work with somebody and you're comfortable with them and you know the process, then you come back in. And, and also the studio, I mean, it was kind of, more familiar you know it was like a homecoming yeah to come back there not that it was uncomfortable ever i mean it's it's if those walls could talk but it's not it's not uh an intimidating place you know so it's like oh yeah like Keith wrote went in that bathroom and wrote wild horses and then came back out or or whatever he was doing in there (laughs) but you know but it's not intimidating at all but it it definitely has that that awe factor of like wow i can't believe like what happened in this little room you know so does it drive you crazy when you
1: finish a record but then you have to wait in this case not nine months eight months for it to to come out is how do you deal with that period um well does it drive you crazy Huh, man, the, for me, it's usually four months, right? Like, the, we, yeah. we turn it in, and then it, it used to be the long lead time was based on um, magazine lead time. Like, if you wanted to get a feature in Vanity Fair, you, they had to know four months in advance, so they couldn't yeah. put the record out. Now, I think it's based on the
2: physical product. Well, like, it takes that long to get Well, with up this on. one, because of the pandemic, we, w- we would have pushed really hard to get it out early, as early as possible, because we would have been touring. But once all the touring was gone, we... There was no pressure to get it out quickly because you almost want to push it back a little bit so that when you start touring again it's not like a century after your record came out you know so i mean it's all it's all kind of new to me i mean i spent a lot of time you know i was in bands and i was playing with my dad and i played with you know with dawes for a while as a touring guitarist for a couple years and and i mean i played with a lot of people but i wasn't really Um, you know, I probably wasn't, I probably could have been doing more at certain times in my life. You know, I went through some kind of stagnant periods where I was struggling with addiction and whatever. I mean, that's never an excuse, but, but, um, yeah, man, making these records lately has just been, it's, you know, it's a learning experience really. I mean, Uh um, but yeah, the, the cool thing was, is that we just released and now touring is kind of it's like phase 1A of touring with the drive-ins and with the, I mean, it's kind of starting to pick up at all, you know, Yeah. so it's it's exciting. Um, hopefully next year, I mean, we'll be God. able to play concerts again, you know, like regular concerts. But Yeah,
1: I just got an email from my booking agent about uh, dates in May, and I thought, God, that seems optimistic, but dude, I would do anything to play shows.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be done properly, and you know, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any interest in going out and playing for, you know, ten thousand people huddled together. You know, I mean, because you can do that in certain places, and they'll, you know, what I mean. And that's yeah, like, <laughs> no, we'll pass on that. You know, no,
1: you're right. I misspoke. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't risk the lives of thousands of people. You're right.
2: No, I know that you were playing <laughs> that. I was just saying right now, Ugh. like. No, it's, everything. They're really they're really being creative and proactive and and coming up with some progressive ideas to do music, you know, and and have people enjoy it. And as long as it's done that way, then yeah, we're all in, you know, because we don't want to sit around. I mean, we got to make a living. You know? Yeah, it's yes, I mean, and especially,
1: I mean, I've always thought of my band as being like a very live kind of band. But I think you mm-hmm. guys, I mean, it's it's so about like the live show. It's the you know the the. Perf- it's so performative, like the the guitar work and the musicianship.
2: Yeah, and that's so, a live thing for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we can't wait to get back out. We have a couple dates, actually. Um, or we have three dates next week um, in the Northeast, drive-in shows. Yeah. We did a couple, a couple at the end of last month, so any something is better than nothing you know I'll, yeah that's true and I'm, i'll keep an eye
1: on that because it's such a weird I, I ran into a woman um the other day i did i did one of the only shows i've done with, at this fancy resort up where i live and um they because it's five minutes away from my house i can drive up the mountain to the mohonk mountain house which is incredibly expensive and she she and all that cool. but where I'll, do you live uh, new paltz new york just outside oh. nine, 90 minutes north of manhattan and um And so I went up there and I did a short little set of a lot of covers. Afterwards, there was a woman there named Leslie, whose partner uh, plays bass in Leonard Skinner right now. And she had a lot of thoughts about all this stuff. Um, But the thing that stuck with me that she said was, we're kind of entering this phase where uh, live music has become very elitist in a way. Because like to see a live, you know, the tickets are going to be more expensive and fewer and then, like, or you have to be a mohonk Mountain House, which is a thousand bucks a night per person, or something. So, yeah, that that kind of makes me yeah. sad because what we do has always been like the thing that brings all the people together. Or, Rich.
2: or with the drive-ins, it's actually per car, and the per person is way less. So if you sell, I mean, you might sell. Oh, that sounds good. There's that many people, but it's like per person, it's way less. So it's like, oh, that's why they want us to sell more because it's like way less money that's on the other end of the spectrum from these kind of she, she kind of, I haven't done many of those yet, but
1: (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it as a business model.
2: (laughs) I'll do anything. And as long as it's cool and it's safe, I'll play. No, I won't do anything. I I love playing. I love playing music. I grew, you know, I grew up on tour, you know, with my dad. Um, I was homeschooled through like eighth grade through high school. So I was kind of like, traveling around with the, the big boys, you know, and started sitting in at a young age. So that's kind of, it's kind of my bread and butter, you know, being on tour. I've always loved it. And so it's funny because I'm,
1: I'm sure you wind up talking about this a lot, but it's something I ask everybody about, like the, when they knew they were going to do what they do. And I imagine for you, it was probably pretty young. Was there a moment where you knew or was it just always assumed? Was there an epiphany moment?
2: I wanted to be a drummer. I was a drummer when I was really young. I had, there was guitars around. I had the guitar. My dad was moving my fingers. Here's this, you know, if you can get this finger there. And I just was like, this is hard, man. I I don't like this. I want to play drums. So he got me a drum kit uh, from some spare drums at his, you know, it was in the eighties when it was kind of downtime, you know, and and he had a solo band and it, it wasn't in like the peak of his, you know career so to speak but so he went and got me some uh made me like a little makeshift kit from some spare drums that his drummer was not using, and and uh not that he couldn't afford to buy me a kit I'm not implying that but but he but, wasn't uh, going crazy yeah. yeah I mean he's like I have some drums so I'll get you know I'll teach you how to play and he showed me some beats and, and he was pretty good back then and um and then it just took off from there and I just played to you know my Walkman with my tapes and I was into like Iron Maiden and I mean, I was like into the who I was into, you know, a a bunch of different stuff, but I was playing a lot of loud drums with my Walkman on, you know, in elementary school. Wow. And then I kind of switched over to guitar around 13. I kind of went back to it and I was like, started picking up stuff and started noticing my ear was getting better. Like as far as, oh, that changes in that other song. And then you recognize it when it's in another song. You're like, you already know it because you heard it on the other one and you learn that. So that's kind of how it started, you know? I had a producer, John Bryan, explain to me once
1: that the, the greatest foundational instrument for a kid to start with is drums. Drums and piano because they're, the rhythm is so strong in both and that, I guess, creates such a foundation for everything melodic. There's
2: a lot of great guitarists that that started out as drummers. So...
1: Well, God, there's yeah. nothing worse than a guitar player with bad rhythm. I mean, kill me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I've been one. Um, okay. <laughs> so have I. So have I. <laughs> Maybe. Um. So you brought up uh, struggles with addiction. I'm. I'm. I'm five years sober this summer. myself Oh, great. That's like awesome. I don't know. I don't know where you're at with all of that, but um. I'm almost four. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, See? Man. Great
2: minds think alike. So, that's actually so, October. Yeah, almost four. Yeah, yeah. I was getting that confused with my my one year wedding anniversary. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's coming right up. Oh no, that's my anniversary. That's great. So, yeah. Um,
1: so I guess uh, I I always wonder with creative people, like the the internal obstacles that we generate for ourselves, and how you know how do we deal with them? How do we acknowledge them? How do we overcome them? And obviously, the the unhealthy ways are, you know, you wind up drinking or using or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just wonder for you, like, what, what it's like to sort of deal with the negative stuff you come up against within yourself.
2: <laughs> Man. I mean, these days, my life is so good that I know that the story in my head isn't true. Like, I can wake up and I can go to bed feeling amazing and like so happy about everything and I wake up and it's like, I have to start all over again. I have to like, I'm back at the bottom of the hill and I'm telling myself this story in my head and I have anxiety or I have this. And it's like, you got to get up and put one foot in front of the other. I mean, some days are, or, or literally like, I have to like say, you're kind of crazy. Your life is like really great. Like, you'll feel great in a couple hours just get up and do your thing like but um i mean i try to go hiking a lot that's what i've been doing during during this off time once i get some exercise and i get out and you know i did some yoga yesterday all that stuff is important and 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 just kind of understanding that what you tell yourself in your head isn't isn't the truth you know God, I love that.
1: The idea of like having a conversation with yourself where you remind yourself how lucky you are. You remind
2: yourself that this is something that
1: you're that you do. Yeah.
2: Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. It's like I have these worries and I'm like, man, you have no problems. Really? You don't. And that's the problem is, you don't. you know, I mean, I've had real problems and, and I'm sure I will. But like you, your problems are, are like there aren't any real problems. So like you're trying to find something to latch onto to like fix or something, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think everybody has that internal voice and they struggle with it. And it's just about that story that you tell yourself. You know, you got to quit believing it. Have you found yourself able to write during this? I was, yeah. That's part of the other problem is now it's not flowing like it was so I'm pissed off about it. No, um yeah, we I I had a couple months where I was here and then I left to go down to California. We had to we did a a few things. We did a video in Joshua Tree and did a couple things, but um yeah, it was really it was really good. Uh, I I was writing songs and and just trying to get better, you know. I mean, songwriting is is I mean, I've written some songs, and um, I don't know which ones are better than other ones. Or I mean, I guess that's a matter of opinion. But you just got to keep doing it. I mean, anybody that I talk to that is worth a worth a shit just has just keep writing. You know, you probably won't use you know ninety percent of them. But if you just keep doing it, don't be afraid if they're not as good as your hero. You know, um, your heroes. So so yeah, I was really I was. I was able to write and then I've been writing a little bit lately, but more ideas. I haven't, I, I haven't really gotten deep into anything. It's kind of been, kind of been a little idea here, a little idea there and I just record them all and, you know. Do you have a plan for the next
1: record? Or the, I mean, obviously the record came out a week ago, so I'm not yeah, like know, pressuring
2: you. Well, yeah, you got to think ahead though. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. Devin and I are, he's really good with with that next step thinking two steps ahead and he's he's kind of a really great organizer and and he's he's a leader you know naturally he kind of has that and i I think you know you can have multiple leaders in a band you know but his personality is real go-getter and assertive you know and that's a great thing um and i kind of balance that because i'm like really laid back and kind of unassuming you know but uh, well, yeah. I mean, we talked about it, and and uh, you know, you just don't force it. You know, it'd be great if we could get back in and and do do some m- more stuff and see what we get. You know, but
0: God, I don't want to give too
2: much
1: away. <laughs> I know it's it's and it's also weird right now too, right? Because you have a new record, you want to honor it, you want to go out and play it for people, yeah. and give it its space, not rush in and make another new record, and then. then this record suddenly oh
2: yeah we don't want to cut it off you know if we had the songs i mean we'd probably go in sooner than later Mm -hmm. um but not necessarily rush it to release it you know because we we had you know i mean like everybody i mean we have all this touring that we didn't do this year that we're going to do next year um rescheduled stuff and blah 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 but yeah but um yeah you know hopefully this record this record has legs i feel like it'll it'll carry us through for a while, you
1: know. God, I can't wait to hear it. What, what's yeah. your instrumental,
2: Savannah? Savannah's dream. Savannah's dream. That one, yeah. Oh my God, that's super. It kind exciting. of has an homage. I mean, it's very, very much influenced by something my father would write. You know, I didn't make any, any. Um, I didn't try to disguise that or hide from that, but it's very unique as well. And I think I think it stands, it stands up nicely. And the the fans, I mean, the people you know really like it a lot so we've got some good comments so i mean that always makes you feel good you just put something out and you hope somebody likes it right i mean i don't know i know <laughs> it,
1: it, the validation can be really tricky right it's it's you don't want to depend on it too much but it's no don't, you don't want to
2: depend on on <laughs> on like well yeah i mean i guess i'd be lying if i said i didn't want some sort of validation that it doesn't suck though i mean somebody should say they like it i hope but no, my, I guess my fear is like if we're going to play one of the, you know, if we're playing for an hour and 45 or two hours and we throw in a couple Allman Brothers songs, you know, to tip the hat, you know, obviously that's a lot different. We're not going to get out there and play eight, you know, Allman Brothers songs, but, you know, we might play a John Prine song or, a, or whoever, you know, or a Prince song or whatever. But then we'll, we might throw a couple of our, of our folks songs in there. Um, But if we're playing like Jessica one night and then maybe a week later we play Elizabeth Reed, I guess my fear is like, well, those are masterpieces. So I'm going to write an instrumental and they're going to want to hear it like live for 12 minutes (laughs) when they could hear Liz Reed or Jessica, you know, and that's where that thing. But, but then the thing is, is that they, everybody was like, wow, this is going to be amazing live. We can't wait to see you guys play this live. So that's the validation that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that kind of validation. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh man, they do want to hear us play this 12 minute instrumental. You know what <laughs> I mean? It isn't, you know, so all that stuff is, is fun and games, you know. God, have you done but, any
1: online shows? Have you, have you tried any of that stuff?
2: Um, I have, I, yeah, well, we, as, as, as far as a full band, we work with, our friends, um, have this thing, uh, my friend Cisco Adler, I don't know if you know him,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and Donovan Frankenreiter, I'm sure you know who he is. They kind of partnered up on this thing called No Cap, which is short for like No Capacity. Yeah. And it's, it's just a live stream. It's an app and you, you know, you mirror it to your TV, um, watch it on your computer, blah, blah, blah. But it's really well done. The sound's great. Let's buy it like three multiple cameras. It's really cool. So we did We did two of those so far. We're trying to do like one a month. The next one's going to be a little different. We might do like a, I'm not sure yet, but we're going to switch it up a little bit for the next one. Maybe have a multiple theme, like like multiple shows, and have it be like a package deal that you can buy. And but, you were um, able to be in one place for that? The oh, yeah, yeah. We're all... Yeah, like that was when we filmed the video for Pale Horse Rider. We did the uh, we did the the taping for. We actually did CBS this morning, um Saturday sessions, which is really cool. Yeah. They have a lot of cool bands, artists. Um so we got that. So that was like okay, well we have to all get together for that. So that was like, well then we can knock out the video and Joshua Tree and we can do a no cap show. And so we did all of that from um the no cap show and the, in the CBS thing we did live at the belly up. Oh yeah. No people, you know, in in Solana beach, Solana beach. So, um, and Devin has been doing live streams from his, he was prior to us starting to play again, just to support our crew, just to raise money for our crew and stuff. So he was doing, I mean, for a minute there, he was doing like two or three times a week and God bless him for it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but I don't do I, – I, I pretty much just – I'll record a song on my Instagram every now and then, you know. Yeah. And put that out there and see what people say about that.
1: <laughs> so, um, so finally, the, this is – I always feel like this question is cliche, but I always end up getting such great answers from asking folks this. If you were to meet a 21-year-old version of yourself, but working in today's world – what advice would you give yourself?
2: Well, I don't know. I would, I mean, I don't want to say I regret anything with the addiction stuff because that made me where I am and I'm sitting. I kind of feel like I'm a late bloomer. I've always been a late bloomer. So it's, I'm right on time. I feel like like I'm really in this band and me and every, everybody, Devin, everybody in the band is like really coming into their own. So I wouldn't say to, like, well, I wish I'd never done this or wish I'd never. But I would definitely tell my myself to really – something my dad told me, like, about the writing. Like, really work on the writing, you know, the craft. Like, don't just wait. Well, every now and then something will come to me, you know. Like, really pick up the guitar every day and, and, and work on it. But I was so – I mean, I was all over the place, you know what I mean? You could have just – blowing me into a place and as long as there was a guitar and an amp that worked that had tubes in it and I didn't even need a pair of shoes I'd do the gig and it would be fine you know what I mean like I didn't really care at a certain point I was like I, I loved I've always loved playing music but I just I mean my priorities were kind of a little uh off target I mean I think that's a fair assessment of where I was at for some of those years you know and and uh but yeah man writing I, I mean i wish maybe i would say hey man whatever you do write like try to write like all the time if nothing comes just don't get mad just pick up the guitar the next day you know god
1: i could not agree with that more that's uh, the tagline of these uh of this podcast
2: is create every day that's the main thing I want. i mean even if you just pick up the guitar in your are playing, you're creating. You know, you don't have to, like today I picked it up and I just I just feel better. And yeah. I move and my mind and it, it's just, you know. So, you know, I have my coffee and sometimes the coffee wigs me out and then I get anxiety, but I'm too tired if I don't have the coffee. And then I'm like, okay, well now I need to take a, a bath. Or a I need to shower. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the little, Maybe I'm a little neurotic sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that you're thinking of solutions, though. It's like,
1: <laughs> that's great. Oh yeah. man, it's so great. Well, I've I've got to say, I really I I love talking to you. I feel like you're very generous with um your insights, and it's just it's cool to meet you. I look forward yeah, to it. it's really getting...
2: good to meet you too. And and uh, I heard you on the radio. I was listening to Outlaw, and you were doing your your <sighs> show on there last like yesterday or something like that. So, sitting right sitting right here in my office yeah making, making yeah music yeah man well thank you so much Dwayne. thanks for being on uh, yeah thank off, you man. so much look forward to doing some shows or running in running into you uh, out there on the 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 path to happiness well your
1: lips to god's ears
2: yeah take care all man. right man bye
1: peace every day. Thanks, y'all.